Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, along with Tyler Tashman of the Des Moines Register. Uh, it is 12.35 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, not too long ago, the conclusion of the whipping uh, finished 31-0 in favor of Penn State. Uh, very, very one-sided, obviously, Tyler. Uh, so many crazy stats. Uh, you know, 76 yards of offense and four first downs is obviously what everyone's going to focus on. Uh, but but I focus on 97 plays to 33 for Iowa and 45 plus minutes of possession time. I just can't. I don't ever remember seeing a game with that kind of disparity of ball control. I mean, Iowa's offense was on the sideline the whole game. I think outside of uh, you know having like a major injury or something like that, this was about as bad as you probably could have planned it out to go. It was just. It's hard to kind of put it into words now, that like, but it was just, I mean, the offense looked like um, it did last season. There just, there wasn't a whole lot of life. And I, and I think uh, not having Caleb Johnson and, and Jazzy and Patterson didn't help, but at the same time, I, it, it felt like I was O-line was just getting dominated up front. I'm not sure how much those two guys um, would, would have really made a difference. Um, and then there was just no rhythm. I mean, the you know, the, I think the first thing I look at is that Eric Hall fumble when, uh, you know, Iowa, the first two drives, they, they kind of put it together a little bit. And um, that 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 was a really nice play design to Eric Hall. And um, he fumbles it. Uh, and that was in Penn State territory where they could have, uh, you know, put up, had a chance of at least a field goal, maybe a touchdown. The fumble, Penn State goes down, gets a field goal. And it just felt like, that was kind of the last semblance of life that Iowa's offense had. And um, Cade McNamara, just not a whole lot of time to throw. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't all on the O-line. I think it was kind of a multi-pronged letdown. But, yeah, just uh, it was just not good at all for really any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, we said going into this that everything had to kind of go perfect for Iowa. And honestly, the first – 10% of the game was going pretty well for Iowa. I mean, they moved the ball pat around midfield the first drive from the 25, which uh, in this whiteout atmosphere was, I would say, a positive because Torrey Taylor punts it. They're on their own five. Uh, Penn State's very first two plays go for minus two and minus two. They're third and 14 from their own one. Uh, they get a couple, you know, five yards, I think, and then punt. Iowa gets the ball in their territory and then – uh, the timeout, the shovel pass to Eric Hall. He's going for a first down. He's in the red zone, and the ball comes out like probably with his el what was it, his elbow like maybe an inch from the ground. I mean, it was just it was a bang bang thing. Not a you know obviously it was a clear clearly a fumble, but uh, from that point on, it was just unbelievably terrible uh, for Iowa because they would go on to run, I believe. Uh, the stat, I got it's in my story, so check out my thoughts column. But I think it was, if I'm doing it off the top of my head, 80 of the next 96 plays were run by Penn State, so that tells you how little Iowa's offense was on the field. And Iowa netted negative yardage on offense in that time, no first downs. So the defense was on the field constantly. Penn State rushes for 215 yards. Uh, you know, interestingly, Drew Eller's passing numbers really weren't that good, but he had four touchdown passes. Um, so it was it was full credit to Penn State for taking advantage of the situation. And Iowa 
had to play a perfect game to stay in this. If they punch in that first drive and go up, I mean, heck, if they go up seven nothing, even just three nothing, or that second drive, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe the story of this game turns out a little bit differently. But it just seemed like once Iowa got behind ten nothing, which, you know, with the Brendan Diaz Fernandez, you know, punt going into his back, uh, I thought Cooper DeGene. I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but I thought he lined up way too deep on that punt, and you know he wasn't in a position to come up and make that catch, and that that really hurt Iowa in that case. So, just little things like that. Uh, you know, the fourth down spot was was not good. Uh, Kirk Ferentz said, you know, they apparently the officials reviewed it and kind of went with it, <laughs> and uh, they, he thought about challenging but didn't. Um, so. I, and then it was 10 nothing, and then by that point, Iowa's like offense is totally out of whack and trying to come back and just didn't work. So I guess now you know everyone on here probably wants to know like what happens next. I mean, everyone wants Brian Ferentz to step down now, be fired now. Uh, Kirk Ferentz obviously not doing that and not making any wholesale changes. The team, I would say the mood of the team, Tyler, was pretty unified after this, which you know I think you, you would at least say was – Good to hear. Yeah, Cade McNamara was, I would say, very optimistic given the situation. He basically said that he doesn't think this performance, you know, represents what Iowa is on offense, defense, and special teams. And um, maybe he ends up being right, but the thing right now is the only evidence we have uh, against a Big Ten team is what we just saw, and that is obviously not in Iowa's favor if Iowa wants to go places that it didn't last season, if, if they want to make the Big Ten championship game, um, they have to prove that today, or I don't even know, yesterday, whatever it is, Saturday against Penn State was an aberration and not the norm. If this continues to be the trend that against, uh, you know, higher level Big Ten competition that they just get blown out of the water, then I think what Cade McNamara is saying doesn't really have any validity. If we look back on this after the Wisconsin game or after, you know, games down the road and say this was just kind of a one-off, you know, it was a, it was a tough atmosphere. Uh, I, or Iowa was dealing with injuries and, and they just, you know, it was just not their night, but this wasn't something that happened consistently. Then I think there's a case for, I was still being on track for for its goals, but based on what happened uh, against Penn State, uh, Iowa did not look like you know it looked like an offense from last season. It looked like a regressed defense. It looked like a team that maybe can compete in a middling Big Ten West and a, you know a underwhelming Big Ten West, and then not really go far beyond that. So yeah, it's I think how do they bounce back? How is there is there going to be growth from this game because there's a lot of opportunity in the schedule, right? Like there's, um, there's not all, you know, you get Michigan state at home, you get Purdue at home. Those are great opportunities to try to right the ship. And if it doesn't happen these next two weeks, then it, it seems really kind of grim moving forward. Sorry. I was, I was just updating, uh, I was just updating a story, so uh, I didn't really listen to what you said there. So I'm just going to hope you said great things. I'm sure you did. Um, but I know you d- I did hear you say that, um, you know, this Big Ten West is not great. And I think that's where, um, you know, if 
that's good and bad, right? Like at this point now, this was your chance at a signature win to have a, a super duper special season now, but the big 10 West does not look great again. Uh, I thought, you know, Wisconsin's probably the favorite, I guess at this point, uh, but they've been pretty uneven. I mean, heck Minnesota just blew a 21 point lead lost to Northwestern um, Illinois and Nebraska barely skated by very inferior opponents. And then, uh, you know, here's Iowa with Michigan state coming in reeling after a loss to Maryland uh, with his coach gone, people are already starting to transfer. That feels like a good get well game next week. And then you get Purdue at home, another team that, you know, really is not playing that great right now. And then it's at Wisconsin. That's probably going to be the game where you need to win the big 10 West if you're going to. And I realize that everyone out there is thinking to themselves, well, what the heck does it even matter? Because we can't compete with these guys anyway, right? That's not – there's still eight games to go. They can improve. This game – this script could not have gone worse for how this game unfolded. Um, I agree with all of you thinking that, that Iowa is a long way from being able, being able to compete with Penn State or probably Ohio State or probably Michigan. But there are eight games left for them to – find their way and improve and do some nice things. It could go the other direction too. That's, that's for sure. Um, so big picture wise, this is, this doesn't feel good. You, you wanted to see Iowa play them closer, but you know, I've seen this many times before on the beat where Iowa looks really bad one week has an awful game and then, Kirk Ferentz is the master at rallying the troops, getting these guys to galvanize, and they're a lot better the next week, and they keep improving. We'll see which which direction this team goes. I know uh, I know it's freakout time, but uh, you know I've been around this long enough to know that it's one game, and teams can bounce back from this. Two of my more, uh, I guess, biggest concerns out of the many from this game were. The O-line, and, and that was a big question coming into this season of how are they going to come together. Um, it felt like kind of a mixed bag the first three weeks in terms of the first two weeks were good pass protection, not as good run blocking. Week three was a big step up uh, in run blocking, uh, but pass protection left some to be desired. It just felt like Penn State was dominating Iowa at that point of attack. There were really not many holes at all for LeSean Williams to try to make it through. Cade McNamara was – uh, under duress a lot, and I think it's easy to point the finger at him. And I do, he could have been better, and he admitted that himself. He, he can play better, but at the same time, uh, he just did not have a whole lot of time, uh, in the pocket. And you know, it feels like to me a lot of kind of unlocking the Iowa has more playmakers than it did last season, more guys on the outside when healthy. Uh, this offense is more talented than last season, but a lot of that might not even matter if the offensive line can't block. Obviously, Penn State has a really good defense, but if 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 Iowa wants to have a shot at you know getting to the Big Ten championship of competing in that game, they're going to have to prove that they can play and, and have their the offensive line can at least hold their own against really good defenses. And then flipping to the other side of the defensive line. Uh, it feels like, you know, maybe the loss of Noah Shane and Lucas Van Ness were, you know, looming more than we expected. I think, you know, entering the season, the defensive line was supposed to be probably one of the strengths of Iowa's defense, and it feels like it's just been kind of underwhelming. Uh, 
Penn State ran pretty much whenever it wanted uh, uh, in this game, and uh, it just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of uh, pressure and just kind of mixing it up. So, yeah, that like my eye test tells me the defense played pretty well for as long as it could. Uh, but that said, zero sacks, zero turnovers, and I mean, 97 plays for 397 yards. Um, so they, they really only gave up 4.1 yards per play, which is honestly a winning number in college football. Uh, but when your offense can't score at all, then that's not a winning number. So a lot of fans in the – or viewers, I guess. I assume they're fans uh, – are wondering if Cade McNamara is the answer at quarterback. Now, his numbers uh, are not good through four games. He's uh, about 50% passing, I think 43 of 85. Uh, so right about 50% and barely over a hundred yards per game in four games. So, um, you know, not that Iowa has a deep bench at quarterback, but you know, there, there's definitely some wonderment out there, whether Cade is the guy at quarterback thoughts. I think, I mean, I think he's the best option at this point. I I don't – like I said, I think a lot of it is – part of it is the offensive line and being able to give him time. I, I think it's – you basically brought him in as the franchise guy, and I think it would be – it's way too early to consider uh, a change. Yeah, I don't see that at all. And, and plus just the, the guys behind him, you know, Deacon Hill just doesn't have a lot of experience – um, Joe Labus was dealing with the injury leading up to the season. I think I think Kate is the last of you know your worries on on the offense. I think the offensive line is much more of a pressing issue, and being able to enable Kate to kind of do what he needs to do, and um, also just the the leader he is. Like he he was like I was saying, very optimistic post game. I think way more optimistic than I would have expected. Um, he believes that this is a that this was not representative of the team Iowa is, and like I said, I, it's hard to believe that right now. If we get more evidence that proves otherwise, then I think, you know, there's va- that's a valid point. But right now, the only evidence we have is you know against a Big Ten opponent, against a high level opponent that Iowa wants to kind of be in the same realm of. Uh, it was clear that there's a w- wide gap and a wide margin between where Iowa wants to be and where it is right now. Yeah, and uh, you know Deacon Phil commit Deacon Phil Deacon Hill committed a turnover as well, but Kate only was on the field twenty five plays. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. Uh, Deacon had eight, so <laughs> the sample sizes here are pretty bad. Um, you know this. Let's see what happens against Michigan State, um, and you know not the Michigan State should be a measuring stick. This was a measuring stick, but it was. Uh, they're just going to have to get better gradually, get better and. Uh, I'm really sorry to inform you all that there aren't going to be, there isn't going to be an offensive coordinator change um, at least until the end of the season. And, but right now the points total getting zero today does not help Brian Ferentz's points total. He's now, you know, obviously stays at 85 points and now is 15 points behind the pace he needs to get to 325 through 13 games. So uh, we got to get to, we got to run out of here soon. We got a two hour drive back to Harrisburg. Uh, let's do some three word headlines and may, while, while, while I look some up, once you add some final thoughts or final stats or anything else, uh, Tyler, that, uh, stood out. No, I just think, uh, among the things like, you know, I was defense 
it, it held up in the first half. Um, in the second half, it was kind of a different story. I, you know, I, I think that's the least of Iowa's concerns, but I think through the first three weeks, the defense was really good, but there were also some slip-ups that maybe give you a little bit of, of cause for concern. And the thing is that if, if Iowa's offense is as bad as it was today, which it would, I, I don't know if that's going to happen the rest of the season, but the defense has to be elite for, for Iowa to win. That's, that's going to be the formula. And if, if Iowa's defense has, has far more slip-ups than last season and the offense is the same, then that's, it's not a good recipe for success in, in getting to places that it wasn't last season. Yeah, three-word headlines are, are not happy, obviously. <laughs> Wouldn't expect any. Um, uh, Gary Mance says, Beth, save Iowa. So people are reaching out. You know, Beth Getz had a great week with the Swarm Collective, we think, you know, uh, expanding its reach, being cooperative. Uh, this she, At some point, she's going to have a decision to make, um, you know, unless Brian Fern steps away at some point. But, again, we're going to have to see how these next eight games play out. Um, Scott, hey, here's what here's one that's kind of positive. Tyler Skirt McGirt says pants look cool. I thought they did too. Uh, at unacceptable one, time to go. I'm guessing they they're probably referring to the Ferences or something. Uh, Justin King with a little bit of a creative one. What's the upside? That was the uh, you weren't here for this, Tyler. But uh, when I asked Brian Ferentz last year, why not try Alex Padilla at quarterback? He said, "What." would be the upside. Um, a lot of, well, fire Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz sucks. Do it, Beth. Pay the buyout. Brian's still Brian. Um, let's see if I can find something on a different theme that we can talk about. Um, uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, Luke Hubbard, wide receiver purgatory. Yeah, I mean... Again, I know the offensive numbers aren't there, but the snap count wasn't there either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that's fair. And um, and I, I would be frustrated just looking at, you know, the, the offensive output. Um, I feel like Iowa has to – I think I've said it before, the, the offensive line kind of has to figure it out. Um, I would say I think – Jay Higgins, after the game, he basically he shouldered a considerable amount of the responsibility for Iowa's defensive letdown. And I thought if you want to try to, I guess, pull silver linings out of this instead of us just repeating ourselves, that he he played an incredible game and he was basically taking responsibility for Iowa's defense and allowing points. And I thought that that was a great showing of leadership and kind of embodied the mindset that Iowa needs to have moving forward is that you can't change what happened against Penn state at this point. That's what it is. If you can learn from it and get better moving forward, that's all that really matters. I thought, you know, Jay Higgins is like I said, if, if you want to pull a positive from this, Jay Higgins was, he has been in, in incredible stepping into Jack Campbell's absence, uh, you know, now that he's in the NFL. So I think defensively, you know, Nick Jackson as well was really good. I think there's just – there's some things more that you need to clean up defensively to um, give yourselves more of a chance. And obviously the offense has to put up points for that. But um, 
Yeah, that's all I have to add. Sorry, I didn't unmute myself. Looking for uh, some. I know Kennington fired fired some my way, and uh, I'm having a hard time finding them. So um, if I come up with them, I will. Uh, up next, Michigan State tonight game at Kinnick. Uh, curious what the environment will be like. I mean, I know everyone's not happy right now. Here we go, Kennington. Uh, all time low. I've seen lower. I have to say, <laughs> I've seen lower in my lifetime. Um, need more Anderson. Where is Brown? So yeah, again, goes back to the wide receiver questions. And then he says, "What's still winnable? What's still winnable?" So um, it is. It is. I just know. It's, I know it's discouraging. I feel for you guys out there watching this. It had to be really frustrating. You're on this stage, and it just doesn't happen. So, really, uh, since the 2021 win against this very team, Penn State, it's it's really been kind of meh ever since then uh, as a program, especially on offense. Uh, very few uh, high moments, and it sounds like uh, Penn State reporters were saying that James Franklin was showing the injury flop stuff all week to his team. And that uh, I guess one of the, I didn't see this, but I guess one of the Penn State players did like the injury fake fall down like LeVar Woods did um, last or two years ago after one of the sacks. So it was definitely on their minds. Revenge was on their minds and they got it. This place was out for blood tonight. Great atmosphere, right? I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing uh, to be here. Uh, just was not, not a fun night for the Hawks. I'll give you the last word. We got to go. No, I just think, uh, it's an early season cross crossroad of how I was going to respond or lack of respond to this. I think this would be a, a very easy spot for the season to kind of spiral. If, if it is going to um, last season, Iowa lost three consecutive games, kind of figured it out to a certain extent, putting it in a, a position to get to the big 10 championship and didn't get there. So um, I think this is going to be how Iowa response to this because this is major adversity the real first major adversity we've seen them deal with this season how they respond to it is going to be revealing of, of where they can go this season and whether this there's still life in the season at all because I think if they come out flat following this which I would be surprised if they do but if if they do um then it's the season kind of starts to feel like it's going down the drain so how about this stat Tory Taylor, seven punts, average net punt, 52.7 yards. That's net. Somebody had a good game, at least for the Hawkeyes. I would say Taylor, Higgins, Jackson. Anyone else you'd want to throw in there? Can't really throw it on offense, probably. Um, nah, I don't know if there's <laughs> any. I don't know if there's any. <laughs> Minus four in turnovers. I mean, we talked about like you could. We said no turnovers was like your only chance to win. Minus four. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. Not good. Not good. Uh, I think one in every quarter, actually. I think. Might be. I have to check that. But anyway, we got to run. We got, oh, man, not going to get any sleep tonight. Uh, miserable night for everybody, right? Uh, for Tyler Tashman, this is Chad Lice to go over the Des Moines Register saying thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out our coverage online. We got videos up already if you want to see Kirk Ferentz's press conference, what he said, Cade McNamara, Jay Higgins. We got more coming. Uh, we're cranking it out as fast as we can for you guys. And uh, wish we had a win to write about for you. Maybe next week. We'll talk to you later.